live from Dime Square, New York City, NFL Week 13 betting market outlook. Let's recap a little bit. We had another really good week in live betting. For those on the screen, you can see the bets that we made this week. We also had a good bounce back in Circa, went four and one, still hanging around at 50% now. We had Jacksonville, Browns, Bengals, Jets, and then with a really frustrating loss with the Falcons at the plus four and a half, fumbling away the game there at the one yard line. If you're watching our game trade live stream, you would have seen me get extremely frustrated and pretty much pout about it for a good 15 minutes. As it should be. <laughs> also, because we had a live trade on the Falcons, it was intended to be a swing trade. And then we got stuck with it all the way up until the end. A pretty decent price. It was like Falcons plus 215. Yeah. And the whole, it was a trade early in the game. We got them, yeah, at attractive pricing. They got the ball back. They went down the field, scored a touchdown, took the lead. The price came back down to pick them, or maybe the Falcons even went out to minus one. But we didn't do anything about it. Yeah. We're I mean, like, yeah, let's like wait for one more. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a fine pricing and had the ball in position to win at the three yard line with a minute left. That was the coin flip game. But in some ways, that was a lot of what Sunday was. Learned some valuable lessons or the Joe Burrow rushing prop. You had the prop until... Oh, why do you even remind I like I'm forgot sorry. about it. I'm sorry, but that's the sort of thing where lost a couple of those, right? But all that is to say, I bet the Browns plus 1,300. None of that matters when you hit on a tails bet like that. Oh, yeah. Who cares that I my, my record was losing because I hit on a 13-to-1 bet. I almost got it at 17-to-1, but I wasn't quick enough. But it's still doesn't prevent at least me <laughs> from still getting mad around any that we lose specifically that I feel like we're bad trades because you always want to try to improve your process improve your decision making and all these weren't necessarily bad the Burrow one wasn't bad and even the Falcons one it wasn't bad it just got me really frustrated because <laughs> to your point we basically got them at plus 200 and it came down to them on the one yard line and if they were halfway competent, they would have pushed it in. Yeah. And for those who weren't following the game trade or weren't aware of Joe Burrow's rushing yards prop, we had eclipsed the threshold to win the bet by just enough. The only thing that couldn't happen was three knees. <laughs> and there was also multiple scenarios had to happen for them to even get to the kneeling scenario. Bengals kicked the field goal, went up by a touchdown, then they're going to have to kick it back to the Titans. And then the Titans would have to like quickly go three and out or something of that variety to really get into a three kneel scenario. But of course the Titans, I forgot what they did, roughed the kicker or something. The kicker, yep. And then gave the Bengals a new set of downs, three kneels from Joe Burrow, and then pushes our rushing prop under super frustrating sure, sure. another one actually was the michael carter and michael um, carter got hurt like almost as soon as we got the and then in michael carter's proxies came in and they had great games yeah so that's actually three that just went really sideways for us yeah and we're really honing into the ones that went wrong 
but this was still one of our best weekends that we had in yep. fact panthers broncos all under dolphins texans we had under 53 and a half Chargers. Uh, Chargers, plus four and a half, plus seven, plus 180, plus 320. Saints, 49ers, alt, unders, under 35 and a half, plus 210, under 26 and a half, plus 330, under 37 and a half. Also, we took a Pacheco over prop that cashed. We did Chiefs Rams, under 42 and a half, cashed. And then Bucks Browns, under 50 and a half, Browns plus 320, and then Browns again plus 1300 Bengals plus three and a half Bengals plus 196 Bengals plus 211 on the money line like all of those just clearly mopped up oh yeah but still those one-offs it just hurts so yeah another good weekend live betting definitely encourage everyone to join I know everyone it's the holidays and not everyone can necessarily watch all the games like we do and necessarily trade them and have your account open and all that but it's a ton of fun. Again, it's stressful. It has anxiety, but it's fun, especially doing it together. And especially when others in the chat pop in I was and gonna say. provide some trade ideas. Arjun yeah. does all the time. Darnell does. Dan does. You know, Dan does. Yeah, yeah. It, it's great to have That's, those contributors yeah. in there. For sure. It's very fun to make fun of me. I, I have a blast watching replays of myself talking. I can only imagine how fun it is in real time. Yeah, yes, definitely. Okay, so let's move on to recapping our NFL Week 12 Drive Quality Model scoreboard. One that I called out in our tweet this week was Patriots-Vikings. Patriots, 28 earned points to Vikings, 27 earned points. That just, again, gives me more and more confidence around the efficacy of this model and really fleshing out what it is we want it to do which is, again, capturing on a drive-by-drive basis, understanding how this team performed on the field, even if the score doesn't necessarily represent it. And I think for most who watched this game, the eye test would tell you, hey, the Patriots played better than the Vikings. And this, and the Patriots, quote-unquote, should have beat the Vikings. And in fact, that's exactly what our drive quality model is telling us with the Patriots outscoring the Vikings from an earned points perspective. Yeah, the one that stood out is the the Bucks and Browns, which I, again, like I think the Browns are probably the better team, as, as crazy as it sounds, and I've been beating the drum for a while, but at least I can back it up here. And just even the, the time-weighted average probability like still has the Browns on top. It wasn't just that. Our metric has it. Others to note is like how close the Dolphins-Texans game was by our drive quality. Uh, and granted, the Dolphins took at two and the offense real early, but right in most people's minds, that was a blowout. And certainly by our time-weighted average probability, it was a massive blowout just because the score was run up so quickly. But that game is actually pretty close. And actually, that corresponds as well with, I know, Kevin Cole from PFF does his adjusted scores. And we have different methodologies, and we're not really even aiming for the same target, per se, and what we're really trying to achieve here. But I know even in his adjusted scores, the game was actually much closer than the final score really indicated. 17-6. So matches up pretty well, which basically just goes to show, I don't think the... Texans are untouchable, unbettable. I think especially in the second half, they showed they can move the ball, especially if a team's going to relax, then they're capable of still putting points up on the board, which means if you're getting a really juicy price from them, especially live, especially live, this was one we didn't even touch 
We didn't even sniff it. I don't even think we even mentioned it. But the Texans had moved all the way out to like plus 31. Live. Yeah. yeah. And what I would say is even versus a team like the Dolphins, or especially if it's a team that we know or that we have confidence in, has a propensity to relax in the second half. I think you can have confidence in the Texans being a type of team that can put points up in the board. We've seen them do that actually frequently throughout the season as well. So something you want to look out for. For sure. Last thing I would probably say about looking at our drive quality scoreboard is Jags 30 earned points to Ravens 28 earned points. So a nice kind of legitimate win there. Time weighted average margin negative two. So we're still obviously competitive in that game, despite it looked like there was pretty long odds there near the end. It looked like Ravens kind of pulling away, a classic Jags kind of collapse in the end. I know you had to bounce for a wedding near the end of the early afternoon slate. And one of the things I was talking on the live stream that I didn't capitalize on, but that I talked about was I feel like this is not price right, which was the Jags were plus 1,700 oh. going into that final drive versus the Ravens that they ended up going down the field and getting the two-point conversion. And of course, that still would be relatively long odds. But knowing the Ravens' history, and this is something that they have a pattern of doing, it wasn't 17 to 1 odds. Yeah, price. and especially if you can get two-point conversion possibilities, which knowing that certain teams will do that Actually, probably the Ravens would do that on the other side. This is also definitely something to consider because those moments are going to come up again in the same way that the Browns were down 1,700, right? A team that has the ball left needing a, or down by seven with a minute or two left and driving, like that's the price it's going to be, 1,700. And pay attention to team tendencies and you got to be very sharp and very quick to execute that plan. Yep, exactly. And actually, last thing I would say is Bengals-Titans. 24 to 24. Yeah. So there has been some positive steam in the media and other betting analysts coming out of this game, being surprised by the Bengals' performance, capturing another win, doing it without Jamar Chase. And in fact, from a drive quality perspective, it looks like this game was actually much closer. We looked at the time weighted average win probability also, Titans, 54%. And that makes sense of why we were able to get such juicy. Bengals money line yep. live. And this is another thing why I think it's one of the reasons why we can bet live so well is and when you're watching the games, you're betting live, you're experiencing the risk viscerally, right? You get to understand like the heartbeat of these teams, how they operate over the course of the game. Because I feel like the main takeaway from this Bengals Titans game has been like, wow, I guess the Bengals really are that good. As if the Bengals were just clearly the better team versus yeah. the Titans. And it was an easy bet to make. No. And it wasn't. No, certainly not. It was a difficult one. But I will say, our draft quality has had the Bengals in the top five Very high. for weeks and weeks that it's almost been forecasting. This Bengals emergence that everyone is now talking about. And we bet the Bengals a ton this year. and We bet the Bengals a ton live. Again, yep. drive quality giving us the confidence actually to lean into them when they are in deficits uh, and right. being able to get them at those attractive prices. And we've definitely been ahead of the curve when it comes to pricing Bengals from a broader season perspective. Now, as we look at the week 13 consensus market power rankings, looking at drive quality has the Bengals still as a near 
top five. Downgraded yeah. a little, but only I think because they were surpassed by some big performances. Yeah, from a broader industry analyst perspective, biggest one week changers. A lot of people impressed by the Steelers' performance. And I feel like this is also bleeding off the back-to-back -back pretty good performances from the Steelers as they put in another good performance for even the Bengals yeah. in a losing effort. The offense looks okay. Yeah. Yeah. We were watching this game together and how the Steelers could be a good example, especially a team being led by a rookie quarterback with a rookie wide receiver, also still beat up, dealing with injuries, but still well-coached can evolve over the course of the season. And even though they're not a good team, they can continue to be less and less of a bad team over time. That makes intuitive sense. And right. I think we're starting to see some of that play out. Drive quality is still not convinced. Drive quality still is a Steelers ranked 31st. And that's yeah. a market low. The next one even close to us is ESPN at 28th. Though I would be curious how it looks over the past couple of weeks. Kind of as they found their form. Yeah. That's true. Elsewhere, no real other upgrades this week. Jags were upgraded two spots. Browns were upgraded two spots. A flurry of ones. Panthers, Giants, Lions, pretty much anybody that just won. Some of the biggest downgrades is on the other side of that Steelers matchup. The Colts downgraded four spots now to 25th overall. Saints downgraded three spots. Rams down three. Ravens down two. Seahawks down two. And then a flurry of ones, Vikings, Patriots, Cards, Bears. And then from an overall rankings perspective, not much movement in the top five, top six. Again, Ravens down two to seventh overall. Dolphins at eight. Bucks at nine. And then Titans still sitting there as a top 10 team, even after the straight up loss to the Bengals. We're sitting there near a market low from drive quality perspective, ranking the Titans 16th, broader consensus market power ranking 10th with 538 a market high at seventh. How are you thinking about the Titans? We started off the season very low and we've evolved that thinking over the last couple of weeks, but how are you thinking about them now? So I'm definitely not as low as I was on them early in the season, but I'm also, I do not buy this top 10 ranking. The Titans really have struggled against good teams and have beaten the bad ones. I think they're like middle of the pack and can beat teams worse than them. Probably not going to be able to punch above their weight. And I think we'll see that with the Eagles this week. And I'm not so sold they're going to win the division. I think. No, the still Jags not have... ripping up the Jags. I was going to say, the Jags have a long way to go, but especially after they play them next week. Yeah, I'm not ripping up Jags tickets yet. And last year at this time, I was actually coming around to the Titans. And I wrote a whole thing about how I think they're a good futures bet. 21, right. they ended up right. winning the, the AFC. I do not feel the same way this year. They just don't have the same efficiency frame where they're really coasting off of a, an easy schedule right now. Browns right outside the top 10 at 11, up two spots. Now Deshaun Watson coming back. Drive quality at 13th, which is pretty in line with market consensus. Standard deviation, three spots. ESPN at a market high at nine, 538 a market low at 16th. How are you thinking about Browns now with Deshaun Watson coming back? We're kind of wait and see. Yeah, it's definitely a big wild card. He hasn't played football in two years. Although I will say the delta between Watson and Brissett probably won't be that huge. Only because Brissett's actually been 
pretty good. And sure, Watson has the potential and the ceiling to get to a top five quarterback. And that's especially valuable in today's NFL climate where we really don't have so many of those quarterbacks. But I think realistically, it's maybe a bit of an upgrade, but it, it can't be too huge unless he immediately finds form. And we'll know if he's putting up 300 yard, four touchdown passing games right off the bat. But I'd be pretty surprised if that happens. Yeah, I would say I think you can get a little bit of uh, premature excitement here after this first week. Kind of as I anticipated with the Jets-Bears game with Mike White coming in, like this is the perfect yeah. setup for him to look awesome. And then everyone's going to be like, oh, Mike White, Mike White, Mike White. Yeah. And I feel like it's a perfect setup for Deshaun to come in, play versus Houston, in a stadium that he's already very familiar with. And yeah, I'm sure it's going to be like a raucous, raucous crowd. Probably not super red. Yeah, so, <laughs> just a lot of booze. Yeah. But I, I'm sure he'll feed off that in some yeah. sinister way. Yeah. He could put in a good performance versus Houston. And then after that, I think it's kind of like a dead cat bounce. And you're going to have a lull of, I'm not even sure who the Browns play next week, but I'm sure it's, unless it's the Bears, <laughs> it's not going to be as bad as Houston from a defense perspective. And you're going to get some clunky performances. But yeah. I imagine that after two, three games, he should slowly start to come into form. But exactly from what you said is the dude hasn't played in multiple years now. And what we saw in the preseason wasn't anything to write home about. If you took the Madden grades of Jacoby Brissett and Deshaun Watson, there'd be a massive delta. But that's not exactly the case of what Brissett's production has been on field this year. He's been really good. Uh, and I think you're right. Uh, we're going to need a bunch of games. And I'm not sure the Browns are going to be playing meaningful ones in two, three weeks for this to really be relevant. That's true, too. Have you looked at his rushing props at all? If they're already pricing they're in not, like a lot of I don't think they're open yet. Yeah. Because yeah. that's something I would want to look at. If it's too high, then I'll probably just lay off. But, of course, Deshaun's going to be way more prone to run the ball than someone like Jacoby, even when he's comfortable. But I think especially because he's not necessarily going to be comfortable, he's going to defer to running more often than maybe he even naturally otherwise would in this game specifically, or at least over these first few games. And from the bottom of the barrel, we look at the consensus market power rankings, Texans at a consensus 32, standard now. deviation zero, 32 yeah. across the board, including drive quality. It's been this way for a while. And I look, I think last week suggested they're not totally dead, but at the same time, their coaching tendencies do suggest they're thrown in the towel. It's the like lack of regression, lack of playing with pace when down. That's a good call that they're probably not too interested in putting together a game plan, especially in the second half of games or late in games to try to be creative, to try to actually come back and win or to sustain a lead or whatnot. But I do think that they're playing in the sense of trying to evaluate players. So it's, oh yeah, maybe you should be picking up the pace in the second half if you're down three touchdowns and they're not. But it's because it's like, they're not even playing for that game scenario. They're playing for a neutral state and just trying to evaluate players on the field. Who knows what the ownership's telling them? I don't know which direction everyone's being pulled in. One of the things I'm surprised about is Panthers. Market consensus rank 30th, and I know you don't like that you were bullying me last week <laughs> about my Panthers division bet at plus 4,000. Drive quality, actually a market high on the Panthers at 25th. No one else really even close. The next closest is 538 at 27th, but pretty much everyone else, ESPN 31st, PFF 30th, Football Outsiders 28th, Impredict 30th. 
could oh, not yeah. ask for a worse kind of first game for Darnold to come in and play against yeah. the Broncos defense, the Broncos secondary. And I've seen a couple of posts this, this week talking about how the Broncos defense has not been as elite as it was over the first five, six, seven, eight weeks of the season, which kind of makes sense. But nonetheless, yeah. that was not an easy matchup. He performed admirably. Not great. He didn't light it up. He didn't fall flat on his face. He yeah. kept the team in the game, allowed the defense to really dictate, and didn't throw the game away. And I think that's enough in this division to flirt, at least, with the division. Yeah, they might be able to to flirt. I'd be surprised, but it can happen. Look, here's the point. I think our draft quality has them high because we have them as the 11th best defense. And like Sam Darnold probably can't get much worse than the production they were getting from Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah. But as you say, he could play well in short stints. And look, he can get at least get the ball into DJ Moore's hands. And who knows? No one wants to win the NFC South right now. <laughs> so who's your call for that? If you don't like the Panthers, then that must you must like the Bucks. I guess we'll see what the Saints can do. I mean, keep giving the Saints chances, and it's yeah. I just no one wants to win. I know drive quality's been relatively high on the Saints for the last for last five, six, seven weeks, and but continuing to drip lower and lower. We're still at a market high on them at 14th. Market consensus rank is 22nd. Yeah. Look, I'm almost hoping that the Bucks sneak out of this division, and. Because the market still loves the Bucks, what they're eating right now. Get them a home playoff game. Let me bet the the wild card team, and that'll be my best profit. No, betting against the Bucks, betting against the teams that we have been uber bearish on from the start of the season, has been super profitable. In fact, from a circuit perspective, we should have just leaned in against all the teams that we have very high confidence in being bad and just betting the other sides of them. Yeah. Look, I, I really don't know what's going on with the Bucks here. Like from a market consensus power ranking perspective. So drive quality has the Bucks 22nd. Remember, we were way early on the fade of the Packers as well. Yep. And we even still and we power rank them at 26th. But so we got Bucks at 22nd. Market consensus power rank is ninth with a very low standard deviation, a standard deviation of less than one spot. Yeah. And that's because everyone has the Bucks ranked 11th or 10th. Yeah. Nah, like I just I don't get it. I mean, we've been saying it for weeks, but like they're still chasing production. Like they had that but it's game. It's thirteen now too. They had but... it's thirteen. It's crazy, but like they had that game against Seattle, where they look good. You're asking me to explain it. I've been every single week since week three, been talking about why the Bucks here, and I've just been coming on week in and week out just talking about. It. I I think the Bucks are fraudulent. The real assumption is, oh, I'm hanging on to the Bucks as like potentially being good, and I'll use this as like a cherry-picked data point to say this is why they can be the team I think they are. Right? It's just not. It's ignoring the fundamental issues we've been saying for weeks now that have just been plaguing the Bucks and aren't going away anytime soon because they're fundamental. What about Lions? Drive quality is near a market high at 17th. Market sense power rank is 26th. Pretty high standard deviation of five spots. ESPN, PFF, 538, all has them 25th, 26th, 27th ranked. They're getting healthier. DJ Chark has come back. His snap count is increasing. Caught a couple passes. Caught a touchdown in the Thanksgiving game. Is Jameson Williams ever coming back? I uh, think he's got a shot next week. Because just him coming back, 
just as a potential distraction, can open things up. We liked, again, the offensive play calling. Definitely like the OC, Ben Johnson. The thing with the Lions is they're still the worst defense in the league. Our draft quality has them as 32nd. Uh, What's I about think... the, oh, it's 32nd, gotcha. So yeah. I was gonna say, what I really wanna look at too is rate of change. Right. You know, so like I know in finance specifically, when you're looking at trying to capture under and overvalued securities and trying to get ahead of trends, you're really not ever looking at absolute values. You're looking at rates of change. Yeah. You're trying to assess where is something going from here. But yeah, given that Lions are 32nd, there's really nowhere to go lower. The gap has certainly shrunk. But at the same time, I think that more points to they can succeed against teams that shoot themselves in the foot on the defensive side of the ball. But if they go up in a matchup with a good offense, like it's not happening for them. Yeah. And likewise, their offense has been really pretty good with the exception of a couple of weeks mixed in. Uh, right, they got destroyed by the Patriots. And everyone wrote them off. If you remember, we were talking about them as consensus 32nd best team in the league just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, And we were like, our draft quality has them higher. They're not the 32nd team in the league. Yeah, I think it's somewhere between where our drive quality has it and where the rest of the market does. Which is like a team that can win because their offense is fine, but the defense is still a major issue for them. Yeah, that makes sense. To close on our consensus market power ranks, we're just looking at the year-to-date changes. And we can see some of the biggest downgrades of the season were all those teams that we were some of the most bearish theses on. Bucks. Colts, Rams, definitely had that thesis around the Broncos. Chargers is definitely surprising. Yeah, Chargers but, surprising, but that I feel like is a little more excusable because of the injuries. slew of injuries. Yeah, but yeah, most of those teams we've been selling. And then from the opposite side of the spectrum, Jets. This was one that we didn't necessarily agree on in the preseason, but I know you really saw upside in the Jets this season, and right there. They're yeah. one of the most upgraded teams over the course of the year. And even the Cowboys is a little bit distorted because of Cooper the Dak Rush. Prescott injury, Cooper Rush. So really the most upgraded team this year is the Jets yeah. and a team that you went in with a bullish thesis on. I know that's interesting, and I'm still hanging on to some crazy long shot. that I've got a 250-1 to Jets Super Bowl ticket. We'll see how that one plays out. All right, so let's move into NFL Week 13 on thursday bills at patriots patriots plus three and a half 43 and a half is the total pressure has been coming down on the bills from a DraftKings perspective purportedly 77 percent of the bets coming in on bills 23 percent on patriots how do you think about this one it's a tricky spot only because i want to like the bills Long term, I think our numbers have it right as that there is the best team, but I'm concerned about Josh Allen's elbow. I really am. He has not been the same player the past couple of weeks, but I'm not really sure what to make of it. The Patriots also were really good on defense and then like in a spot you'd expect them to succeed like against Kirk Cousins in prime time who struggles with interior pressure. They failed to shut down Justin Jefferson. It's a spot for me to bet live. If there are too many competing factors before the game starts. I'll be looking at live. And I will just note for the good folks here, Andre Stevenson live props are super, super attractive if the Patriots are finding themselves behind. He's earned like a 33% target share when the Patriots are trailing, which is the second highest target share in the league. Damian Harris is out. 
The rushing prop is basically priced for a season-long average right now. I probably like a pregame. I really like it if the Patriots fall behind and the prop doesn't adjust. I like that. That's a good call out. Definitely eyeing Ramondre Stevenson live props. That looks juicy. I don't know. From my perspective, this is, again, the market continues to warm up on the Patriots. Upgrade seven spots on a year-to-date basis. Market consensus rank 13th playing almost a consensus number one team. I understand there's the potential Josh Allen injury elbow issues, but I would say I like the Bills minus three and a half. Yeah. Uh, I want to think that whatever Josh Allen's dealing with, it's going to get better over time. That's at least what it seemed like it was going to be when they were first talking about it, when he first experienced the injury, that he could potentially be out three or four weeks. So now it's been about three weeks. And so you think that even if he had been out, this is the time when he would have been coming back. And for that reason, I feel five, six weeks ago, what would this price have been? Six and a half. Six? Yeah. yeah. See, I like the Bills. That's fair. Half. Jets, Vikings, Jets in Minnesota, plus three over under 44 and a half. This total seems high. I'm not expecting a type of Mike White performance that we saw last week versus the Bears. Again, doesn't mean that he has to be like absolute trash or he's going to play completely miserable, but I expect more of a down-to-earth performance. I probably like the Vikings here. What's giving me a bit of pause against the Vikings is like their past defense has really collapsed. The past bunch of weeks, they're like a bottom five unit. And we could see some more Mike White success here because of that. In which case, I definitely don't like the under total. I think it's a matter of who pushes the game and who's pushing the pace. If the Jets can come out to a lead, utilize the short passing game, which is what Mike White used to do, lean on the running backs. In that case, maybe the under is a bit attractive. I just see this as like a classic Minnesota Vikings game, which is like it's going to end up in one score one way or another. Yeah. So basically, if they fall behind. Yeah, if they fall behind, they'll come back. I'm super intrigued about the Sauce Gardner-Justin Jefferson matchup. That's another angle to possibly have pause on the Vikings, but they're the better team here. Let's not delude ourselves. Lots of competing factors. I don't have such a strong lean one way or another before the game. Also, what I want to keep top of mind is some of these alt lines. So, like, there's this particular game script that has this probability of materializing, and if it does materialize then it pays off I lean into one of these outlines and one oh, of the ones yeah. that i wish that i don't know if you did yeah but it makes perfect sense as not only in hindsight but definitely pre-game and it's something i wish i would have had exposure to but was betting jets outlines versus the bears yeah in the sense of if that game script plays out then oh, like I the jets are going to win by definitely more yeah. than six i did something similar which is combine a player prop and Jets alt spread. And I said, if the Jets are covering the alt spread, it's going to come through. It means he's having success against a bad Bears, bad Bears passing defense. And I hit that last week. I can, unfortunately, we don't have props available recording this on Wednesday night, but that's certainly an angle to take. And we can have a pretty good guesstimate of what the lines are going to be. And that's something I'll be on the lookout for all weekend. And that's why even going back to Patriots bills, like I feel like betting Patriots minus three plus 207 okay and then betting bills minus 
So here's a better way to do it, using our friend of the same game parlay. Right? What's the scenario in which the Bills win and Josh Allen doesn't have at least an okay passing game? Yeah, probably because Mac Jones sucks. I would see the Bills win by margin because it's not necessarily like the Bills are being super effective offensively, but it's more or less the Patriots on the Patriots? really struggling. Okay, so let's get it. Game line, whatever it is, team scoring props, if you like it. Patriots, like, under 20 and a half or something. Yeah. You can get Bill, what, you like it, like, minus five and a half? I would take it deeper. Half? Seven and a half? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Bill's nine and a half. Patriots, under 20 and a half, plus 250. Also, with the Jets-Vikings alt-line, maybe we do get at least another kind of good Mike White game out. Right? So you look at your Jets 5.5 plus 240. But that's, yeah. Jets 5.5 plus 240. And give me some Mike White passing yards. We're going to get that up to 500. Yeah. That's the play. Yeah, I like that. So now that is a good bet construction. All right, Broncos plus 8 on the road versus the Ravens over under a very low 38 and a half. When we looked at our short-term value signal, looks at the pricing and the market power ranking of Inpredict versus the team's broader consensus market power ranking, looking at the difference, you got to give you a sense of, is this team being overly discounted or does it have an overly adjusted premium based on like the specific matchup at hand? When you look at it from that perspective, saying the Broncos are actually the number one team that's being overvalued right now, which would suggest then to basically slam the Ravens. And we haven't seen like a great offensive performance from the Ravens for quite some time now. They continue to look clunky. They can't close games, but this is a potential game where, especially if that broader Broncos defensive trend of the market still pricing it as elite, but it's getting worse and worse week by week that potentially this could be a game where you can lean into either a Ravens alt spread looking at Ravens minus 13 plus 154, 13 and a half, 161, or lean into an alt under in that Again, this is going to be one of those just really ugly games again. I want to see if Jerry Judy's back for this game. I think that does make at least a marginal difference, but the Broncos are, are really bad. They've seemingly, Russell Wilson's lost the locker room. It's not a place I want to be bet on them. With that said, just because of the nature of Russell Wilson's play, like he's going to be taking a bunch of deep shots if he happens to connect on two or yeah. three. That's always the tail's risk, but I've been betting against Russell Wilson now for weeks. The other thing is I've not been very hot on the Ravens at all. I know drive quality has liked the Ravens. It's like basically priced them right along with market. In fact, we're dead on with market right now. Drive quality ranked seventh, market consensus power ranked seventh. Outsiders at a market high on the Ravens at ranking them the number two team. It's just every time I watch them, they do not pass the eye test for me as far as looking like a good team. I know it's not all falling on Lamar Jackson's shoulders. Players are dropping passes. He doesn't have anyone to throw to. 
no J.K. Dobbins. So for that reason, maybe I would be like, again, maybe somewhat skeptical. I can't bet either side of this game because of what you just outlined on the Ravens side and just how bad the Broncos have been. Yeah, that's fair. Commanders, commies at the Giants. Commies minus two and a half over under 40. Market really selling off on the Giants. That leads me to buy Giants here. Yeah, I agree with you. Especially you look at the it's real sell 27. And if you look at the turnover luck, it's been a lot of commies luck in recent weeks. And the Giants have been fine over the course of the year. Were they a seven and two team? No, but like they're still 16th in EPA. The team is still average. I think the commies profile looks very different if they don't get a bunch of turnovers in recent weeks. And I think the game narrative has totally changed. If like a couple of these one score games, I don't know, like the Falcons didn't throw an interception at the goal line. I think it all looks very different if commies lost two of these one score games that they've been in every single week. Yeah. And again, Heineke's not, again, he's the quarterback and he can get that superficial credit for leading this team to all these wins that they've been piling up. But he's not necessarily playing that well. I was not playing like bad in the sense of like Carson Wentz was putting them in vulnerable positions, throwing very important interceptions, getting sacked in icing situations in the game. He's been able to avoid that, but it's not like he's like racking up yards, racking up no. stats, looking really great. He's like prime game manager. Yeah, and he's the dude's still 38th out of 39th in, in PFF grade. I'm not exactly looking to buy Taylor Heineke. It's not a screaming buy. And like, yes, the Giants are banged up. I'm just not sure that the Commies are the team that can take advantage of it. Yeah. And yeah, it the Giants like put in a very hard. admirable effort versus the Cowboys on Thanksgiving yeah. Day. David Sills uh, caught a touchdown that was taken off because of an ineligible man. It was the right call, but like it didn't actually have any effects on the play. But, like, the game looks very different. Yeah. Time-weighted average margin in that game for the Giants was just minus two. So saying this was basically a field goal game for the duration of it. And this was the game that they were expected to get absolutely smashed. Yeah, we'll see off a long week how, how the offensive line, if they're healthier. At this moment, I definitely have a lean towards the Giants. All right, Titans plus four and a half at Philadelphia over under 44 and a half. There's this narrative that... Oh, Derek Henry is still so good. This rushing attack is like still terrific. That like really hasn't been the case at all. They're 24th in rush EPA. Their success rate 25th. Like this has not exactly been a good rushing offense by any stretch of the imagination. Derek Henry is still an opportunity cost problem. They're still giving him the ball way too much. The Eagles should have Jordan Davis back in this game. And I think that's like the classic handicap that's being built into this price. And I just totally reject that. I don't think the Titans pass defense will be able to stop Jalen Hurts especially if he's running the ball again he had barely any forgetting the exact numbers barely any design rushes basically the past like five or six weeks and then he had like 12 over the past couple like they're running him again I don't think the Titans are gonna be able to stop it I like the Eagles here for sure 62% of the handle 56% of the bets on the Titans in this do you know where the Eagles stack from a defensive EPA perspective I know that's obviously been one of their vulnerabilities, especially as those injuries have piled up and where they've been able to get taken advantage of. Yeah. So I think that's probably the handicap that I think is really driving some of that. Action yeah, exactly. Which is meaning, okay, pass defense is 
basically tied for number one. Rush defense is fourth worst. I'm just not sure that the Titans are the team to take advantage of it. As crazy as that sounds, and I think that's exactly what's getting priced in. It's, oh, Titans, Derrick Henry, top five rushing attack. Uh, I don't think that's true. That's not what the Titans are this year. They've got a really banged up offensive line, and Derrick Henry's getting pretty old. Like, he's, he's leading the league in rushing yards, but that's product of volume, not efficiency. The Titans market consensus power rankings has him ranked as a top 10 team. Drive quality has him closer to 16th. So that's something where the market is definitely buying in to the Titans, reevaluating them from a fundamental perspective. We talked about even we are, but not that much. Yeah. Browns, a full touchdown favorite on the road. Deshaun Watson returning to Houston versus the Texans over under. 47 yeah good teaser like good teaser oh yeah for sure i don't know enough about what the team's gonna look like with Deshaun watson what Deshaun watson's gonna look like to bet this pregame i don't know why i'd pay that pay the price to, to not learn more information yeah yeah i think this is yeah stay away from for my part just too many questions too many variables i would like to look into Deshaun watson rush props when they come out if they're already pricing in my handicap of how Deshaun Watson might perform, then I'm just going to lay off. Wow. Okay. Jacksonville plus one now. Jax plus one again? On the road versus the Lions over under 51 and a half. I know the Lions defense is bad, but the Jaguars offense has not ever looked truly explosive outside of that Chargers game in the first two, three weeks of the season. Jags defense is tough. Lions are definitely more explosive at home. And again, getting healthier, more players on the field. We like their play calling. I think I still like Jags here though. We bet the Jags, I don't know. Oh, probably close to 10 times a season. <laughs> I like uh, the Jags again here. I really like the Jags. I mean, for all the reasons you just outlined and like another one, the, the Lions play a ton of man coverage. And the best team in the NFL against man coverage, yep. Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that's I love a, that angle. That's a key angle for this game. When we're talking about things on the extreme, right? An extreme man team and then a team that is extremely good against man, that really matters. That's a matchup angle that matters. And I think it, it just adds to all the fundamental factors you just outlined. 70% of the bets on DraftKings on the Lions. The Lion, the Lions. Also, this was an interesting angle I heard on Take the Points, that Arjun was talking about how in the Dan Campbell era, after these kind of crushing losses, yeah. they've come out completely wow. flat in the next week and like lost games by 25. And it happened two or three times last year. That already happened this year. Gives me with some Jaguars alts. Let it ride. I like that. Also, the expectations for someone like Trevor Lawrence at the beginning of the season were so high yeah. That he couldn't meet them. And now there's been a reversal. And again, they've lost a lot of close games, a lot of bonehead mistakes. We were very well aware of it. But that Trevor Lawrence narrative, which has not materialized. But over the last three, four weeks, he's definitely been playing much better, almost like in a sneaky way. Not doing yeah. it in super flashy, but he's been effective, been efficient. And that's another thing what we talked about a lot in our preseason previews as well is you don't want to be playing the Jaguars in the last quarter of the season. Yeah. Because that's when we think we're probably going to be actually at their best. Yeah. And that you want to play them early in the season, in fact. Sure. Take advantage of some of the immaturity, some of the growing pains. 
And so this actually seems like a perfect matchup for the Jaguars really to take advantage of a vulnerable defense. Yeah, I'd be curious. Where do you think Trevor Lawrence and ranks in, in total EPA? What number? Oh, like on a season-to-day basis? I'll give it to you. 14th. 7th. 7th. 7th best. It's really his season. And I would love to see actually what it is over the last five weeks. Yeah. His season was up. He went down. Everyone sold it off and was like, ah, we thought we were onto something. Really, we're not. And exactly like I said, on that game trade during the Raiders, one had sold off completely. And that's yeah. exactly the time to buy. Yeah, that actually could have been the terminal bottom. Yeah. But I think that's almost exactly the point of something we talked a lot about during the offseason, which is like keeping thread of the long term and seeing like yeah. we had good reason to think Trevor Lawrence is going to improve. We had good reason to form a firm prior. And just because there's a bunch of short term noise that happened between weeks six and nine with a bunch of fluky stuff, I'll add, which is part of the handicap. And we know that's going to happen with the Jaguars, but it's every bit as true for the Lions. But back to the point. We have a firm handicap and like don't lose sight of that long-term view because of a couple of noisy weeks like stick to that view it's playing out two preseason darlings here in jaguars lions have shown that upside just hasn't fully materialized yes the steelers plus one at the falcons over under 42. steelers again one of the most upgraded teams over the last couple weeks we're basically power ranked as a bottom two team are now are approaching a top 20 team. How do you think about this? Pass. Pass. That's just I, I do like the Steelers here. <sighs> and I feel like it could be late. Like you're buying late. I, it's also but... the Falcons. I think are a team that everyone's written off, but they're still pretty good. The same team they've been the whole time. And I think that might be enough against the Steelers. Slow game. They run the ball effectively. I just, like, I, I could see it. I just, bad. And I don't know, it's, I don't have confidence buying the Steelers at the top. Like what, you're going to bet on, you're going to bet on Kenny Pickett after two good weeks against some bad teams? The Bengals aren't bad. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if this is necessarily the game to prove like, to like even stifle still, the weird, Kenny Pickett momentum. It was just a weird game script. This is the spot. This is exactly the spot they come back down to earth and lose. Mm, this is not exactly the spot. There's nothing to say, oh, this is like the perfect spot for the Steelers to come back down to earth. Because there's no, nothing even say, like this is necessarily even a bad spot. I don't know. I think that I think the Falcons are probably pretty underrated relative to to market expectation. What we have it as the Falcons as the 26th best team. I don't think that's right. I think the 22nd, 21st. They're a team who like doesn't have a great long term outlook, but like they're still producing. They're still playing close games. Drive quality has the Steelers still yep. as the 31st best team so i definitely get your hesitation 55 percent of the bets are coming in on the steelers so pretty split yeah i mean it definitely feels late if you wanted to come in to buy the steelers now especially at a pick em. but this is a game that especially live i wouldn't hesitate to buy the steelers especially if the falcons get an early score all right, Packers at Bears in Chicago. Packers minus four and a half. I know the look-ahead line was minus one. I think with the anticipation that Justin Fields could probably still potentially play. Total 43 and a half. The Packers have looked better on a week-by-week -week basis. 
Bears hung around with the Jets for about a half. Trevor Simeon put in one or two good drives. What do you think about this one? How healthy is Aaron Rodgers? I have no idea. If Justin Fields isn't playing, like really all the talent's been stripped off this team that I, I just can't see a way to bet the Bears. And the Packers have been fine, but like four and a half margin for a team that's really struggled to score points is a little bit tough as well. Being a Bears fan, I just blindly bet the Packers anytime they're playing the Bears. <laughs> but the Packers are different this year. And the Bears are still bad. Is there still a possibility of Justin Fields pl actually playing? I would assume not based on the line. Yeah. And if he does, the line's going to move. Nah, I'm even at the four and a half. I like the Packers. If there's any potential to get the Packers live at plus money or close to pick them, I would like the Packers. I think Packers potentially alt line. I know they have not really blown out any team all season. That doesn't mean it Probably can't be. last time was the Bears. <laughs> yeah. And Lambo, like week two. But there is a little bit of a bias coming through here. That's for sure. But I can't touch the Bears. Cannot touch the Bears. Cannot touch the Bears right now. Dolphins plus four in San Francisco over under 46 and a half. I know you have a lot to say about this one. <laughs> yeah, I like the Dolphins here. The Dolphins implied point total is 20 and a half right now. A little bit used to the over, but not much. Which suggests, and not even suggests, it's telling us that the market is really buying into the Niners defense, which I think is misguided at best. First off, as a general principle, if there is an offense that is elite, and I don't say elite lightly, but the elite offense, even if they're going up against a good or elite defense, the matchup doesn't really matter. I think that's especially true when you look at how the Dolphins are winning, which it isn't like they are very good in one area, right? They're really good against man. And if you're a team that runs a ton of zone, you can stop it. But like with Tua, they're like best against man. They're best against zone. They're best under pressure. They're best with a clean pocket. They're best against the blitz. All factors, they've been terrific, which is suggesting like the matchup's not really relevant here. And... I think some people have pointed to, as you can see in that first comment, the fact that they don't have a left tackle. And I think I, my response is basically that like, what's been so incredible about Tua's season is that he has an extremely low time to throw. It's only 2.5, which is tied for the third lowest in the league. Yet he's throwing the ball really deep. And that kind of mitigates the need for a good offensive line for getting the ball out so quickly. Like sure, if Nick Bosa is wreaking havoc in, two seconds or less nobody can ever win but maybe that's an angle to bet live but i just i don't see why the market is pressing in such a premium on the niners defense dolphins have scored 30 plus in basically every game the one clunker was to his first game back after that terrifying concussion i'm willing to let that one go and say this offense has been elite i'm gonna fade any pressing in of the niners defense have you seen any betters of quote influence having a view on this game i have not yeah 75 percent of the bets on DraftKings on the dolphins thinking about if your thesis plays out so how are you actually expressing that so i'm gonna bet it yeah i'm gonna bet it two ways which is one dolphins two and a half and over 44 and a half I got it at plus 400. I think it's already down to 390 or 380. And the second way I'm going to express that is we know how the Dolphins want to win. And that's by passing the football. Give me a little two a prop. 
and the dolphins. So. Yeah, I think that's a, a right way to think about but, yeah. constructing. And I'm going to get really crazy when I go five and a half and two passing yards, <laughs> 900 or whatever. Yeah, I just fade the defense narrative. That's really what's going on here. Kind of similar to the handicap that you had for Chiefs Niners. Yeah, it's exactly the same handicap. Yeah. And the Niners haven't really been tested since that game. And they gave up 44. Even if the Dolphins are dealing with offensive line issues, Bosa and the Niners are into his face right away. Don't you think McDaniel is smart enough to realize this, to game plan around this, that the offense is perfectly designed to get rid of the ball as fast as possible? Yeah, that's what I was saying. They have an extremely low time to throw. That eliminates how much your offensive line really matters. And also that Dolphins offensive line weakness right now versus Niners defensive line strength is well-documented, cited. That's more than priced into this line absolutely as of right now always a shanahan premium also yeah that's also true too although i think there is increasingly more and more so a mike mcdaniel that's premium true that's true as well and also i'm not totally yeah. bought into mike mcdaniel what he's doing yet this is like classic first year head coach starts off hot things are going right and everyone is ready to crown him as yeah. like the next great thinker this, in football yeah. Yeah, this is a point I, I should have made. They seem like a tier two team when you look at like our drive quality or like any efficiency metric. But if you just take the values of the two games, they're just as good as the Chiefs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I to like keep that. And like yeah. McDaniel might be priced in or whatever it is, but like, and we could be less saying who's good in a vacuum and who's not. And that's an interesting football question. But I care about production. And production right now, the Dolphins with Tua have been the best offense in the league. That's what the numbers say. I'm willing to lean into that. And the short-term kind of value signal would say that the Niners are actually overrated in this spot, which would be another buy on the Dolphins there. Seahawks minus seven and a half at LA Rams over under 41. Very hard to bet the Rams. And they put in a spirited effort versus the Chiefs, but I think like we talked about last week too, it wasn't necessarily a game where the Chiefs necessarily needed to really press the pedal. They were in control of that game pretty much the whole time, even if they're only up by a touchdown for long stretches of the game. Because it was just like, if the Chiefs want to extend this lead, then they can't. It was yeah. kind of just like toying. Yeah, this seems like another good teaser leg with my my Browns one. The Rams are so bad right now. They might be 31st. They're without Aaron Donald now. They really just have no talent. I just, I don't know what else there is to say other than this team's bad. <laughs> yeah, Rams downgraded three spots last week, downgraded 17 spots here today. Drive quality has them 29th and market rate 28th. I like the Seahawks. 62% of the bets coming in on the Seahawks. I don't have a strong view on this game. Maybe the Rams get a little bit sneaky here down the stretch still division game i wouldn't touch seahawks minus seven and a half no i like them to cover the teaser like in fact i probably like the over here 41. i think the rams showed they can move the ball a little bit and the seahawks defense is not good rams defense is not good seahawks can score i definitely like the over here i like the over 41. betting the over in a game with bryce perkins is gutsy but i don't understand the angle Chiefs Bengals, Chiefs minus one and a half over under 53. Ooh, this is a juicy game. Oh, yeah. 
live trading galore out here. Oh, yeah. This one's going to be beautiful. Actually, this is a late afternoon game, too. Yeah. Like, as those late games are winding down, halftime of those early games can really start to look at what the SGP prices are looking at, do some builds yeah. on game trade. That'll definitely be... That's going to be a fun game trade. I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah, that one's going to be fun. And also, this is a good game. Chargers yeah. at Raiders. Yeah. Chargers one and a half over under 50 and a half. Both teams starting to show some life here in the last few weeks. Are you getting nervous? No. About the Raiders, the season under bets that we have. <laughs> Loose to the Chargers in this spot. Oh, so you're on, you're on the Chargers. I'm on the Chargers here. I think Herbert is like actually healthy. And Keenan Allen's back. They have sufficient weapons for the Chargers to play at the level they need to. And it seems to me like we're buying the Raiders at the top. They're coming off three wins. They were great offensively last week. The defense is still a train wreck. Yeah. And they weren't like convincing wins and beating the Broncos in overtime. But look, ultimately, this is more a one sided play that the Chargers are back healthy and they're a far better team because they're being priced as the team that didn't have a healthy Justin Herbert and didn't have healthy weapons. I think this is going to be another really good game to trade live, especially since the Chargers have started off slow. I loved the Chargers last week versus the no, Cardinals. And I'm just so yeah. happy. I definitely give Dan credit as well because he was out there in the chat telling me, like, I was like articulating my thesis. He was like, Yeah, I think you should wait. I'm like, Yeah, I think I should probably just wait too. And it turned out to be critical not to bet the Chargers early in that yeah. game given that they only won by one point yeah and to wait and you just got incredible prices in yeah. fact one of those missed triggers actually almost happened to me i thought i bet 1500 dollars on the chargers plus nine because you know, i was like trying to do the trade really fast yeah. and i'm on there i'm like oh i'm like damn it like i just put 1500 dollars on chargers plus nine in which i didn't it turned out to actually it was just my 115 but even after it happened, I actually wasn't even that max. I'm really good bet. In fact, and then never nine and a half never showed up again. Like right. Chargers got a first down the next play, and that was yeah, that the was bottom. It. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. This is gonna be a great four o'clock slate for live betting. Cowboys, Colts on the road plus 11, 43 and a half. Sunday night football. I think it's priced right. What I'd be curious to see is the Cowboys have started slow generally in games if that line can move down to seven or we can get a like colts first touchdown the matt ryan matchup against the cowboys pass rushes as big of a mismatch as we're gonna have all year the cowboys play with pace when they go up with a lead i guess i'm talking myself into cowboy spread right here yeah i don't see how you can back the colts and i like the cowboys something i've talked about even after that vikings game was i just I don't trust the Cowboys. I'm not buying into the Cowboys. I'm not betting them double digits, even versus a banged up team like the Colts. I think the Colts have definitely shown enough life over the past couple of weeks since Matt Ryan's come back, since Jeff Saturday's taken over. And maybe that spark is kind of had a little bit of a bounce and now it's coming back down to reality and demonstrating why they benched Matt Ryan to begin with. Maybe this is the game and, He's going to get absolutely destroyed by Micah Parsons and the pressure of the Cowboys. Yep. So I'm not, I wouldn't make an argument to bet the Colts, but I don't trust, I don't trust the Cowboys. Right Again, they should have, they just don't show up in games that you feel like that they should. 
like, oh, this makes perfect sense, why they should blow this team out, and then and they don't, or they just lose, sometimes lose. Right. They show up in, like, weird spots that you don't expect them to. Everyone thought the Cowboys were going to destroy the Packers. They don't. In fact, they lost. Everyone thought the Cowboys were going to destroy the Giants, and they struggled the whole game. So the second half pulled away a little bit, but still always, that game was still relatively competitive. And I just don't trust them with these big lines. But playing the tail scenario, though, is I'd much more be inclined to lay Cowboys minus 17 and a half alt line rather than plus four yeah, and a half. For sure. Saints plus four at the Bucks over under 40 and a half. Auto Saints bet. Yeah. I'm surprised, actually, it's this high. Given just the history, this total seems potentially high as well. If the right game scripts is especially playing out, leaning into some of these big all unders, yep. under 26 and a half plus 600. <laughs> yeah. Especially like in Browns Bucks, if you get an early score or a couple early scores oh, yeah. and this blows out to above 50, that's then you lean into the all under 43 and a half plus yeah. 285 plus 300 and really potentially be a nice money maker so that wraps up our nfl week 13 betting market outlook we'll see you on sunday live betting the nfl sunday slate it's going to be a, an awesome one so hopefully oh, yeah. you'll be able to join us uh, until then that's closing bell